I'm Dan Orlovsky. When I'm looking for safety, I always take the extra steps and listen to Chris and Case on the Detroit Lions podcast. Lions with it, second and goal from the eight. Down six, but on the move. Chris, working from the gun, looks out to the right, now checks out that Viking defense. Takes the snap, back to pass, looks right, got Case in the end zone, touchdown Detroit Lions! That's it, packs the bag, starts the plane, this game is over! How big is that? And now it's time to start the Detroit Lions podcast. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who haven't scored since 1958. Chris and Case. Hey, Idaho Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast. This is episode 177. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris. And with me is my good friend and co-host, Case. How you doing, my man? Very okay, man. Sounds like you got a mouthful of snacks going. Okay. Uh, okay. In today's show, we're going to go back. We're putting them on blast to get your chance to hear yourselves on the show. We're going to talk about snacks. We're going to talk about sacks. We're going to talk about Stafford. We got Wisden's Wisdom coming up and a whole lot more. It's a great show. Case, you ready to go, my man? I'm sorry, man. I'm just getting all the snacks in my mouth that I can. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right, time for a couple of quick announcements. First, check us out and help us out on Patreon. Special thanks to Dylan from... Wow! That's right. Of course, the very first donor, Mathis and Brian B. from I Prevail. Join the crew at patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. You uh, get there. Give us a little dollar a month. You get access to all the cool stuff. The Slack channel, all the great stuff going on. Cases there all the time, prognosticating, thinking, and coming up with theories. And pretty much it's, it's become a local sport to shoot them down. It's a lot of fun. Uh, got that going on. We got a couple other pre-show things we're doing, uh, a pre-show show for folks. We're getting that together now. And uh, some other great, great stuff. Uh, we've got a Patreon donor-only uh, giveaway coming up here soon, so be ready for that. Great stuff. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Go ahead and uh, if you can donate a dollar a month, $5, $10, a million dollars, whatever you got, uh, join the crew, get access to that cool stuff, and help support the show. Make sure to give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, and check us out on the Twitter cheese at D-E-T Lions podcast, D-E-T Lions podcast. It's the very best place to see Case. Munching Cheetos. <laughs> Subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Got more stuff coming out there besides just the post game show, but there's other things coming as well. YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Subscribe and make sure you hit the bell so you get notified when we go live. Rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you find us. Let us know. We love those reviews. Don't forget about us on Spotify. How'd you forget about us? We just got there. Head on over to Spotify. Check us out there if you're a Spotificator. And uh, you can get us in the in the fun way that you always, you always love. Although they're a little slower than everybody else to get us. But if Spotify is your thing, we're your thing thinger. Make sure to give us a call via Skype, oh Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. 
It's 929-335-4667. Leave us a message. You get a chance to hear yourself on the show. Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review This Week in Reddit. All right, it's time for all the fun and exciting things going down this week in Reddit. And, well, case it's become a thing. It's maybe not a bi-week thing, but it's a thing. We're going to go ahead and put them on blast. Hey, guys, this is Mike from Detroit. Just wanted to call and say I could not be more pleased with this Detroit Lions win. Uh, and I think it's the first game in a long time that I've, I've been able to just sit back and enjoy the way the offense was moving the ball, the way the defense was playing. At no point was I afraid we were going to blow this lead. At no point did I feel like Brock Osweiler was going to come back and steal a victory from us. And I'm a lifelong Michigan State fan. I know how to be terrified that you will blow a lead no matter how big it is. just wanted to say I love this new Lions team. I'm down for some relaxation on a Sunday night. All right, guys, keep up the good work. Love the show. All right, good insight, good commentary. We, we love to listen to our listeners, and uh, there's always fun. It's, it's fun and exciting, like this week in Reddit, isn't it, Case? If you say so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's roll into our Dolphins and Lions game review. That was a great game, Case. That was a, a, a really good – I mean, you walk away with it. It wasn't – you know, they, they – it was a really balanced team playing a full football game. Did they play perfectly? No. But it was it was great to see this team play in all phases of the game again and play well. It's it's you can tell there's like a professional football team in Detroit now. Yeah. Um <laughs> it's something like that. Uh, there was nothing weird about this game. Like every other game we've played this year was weird in one way or another. Um and I you know, it feels like we're used to that. Lions fans are used to games being weird. There's nothing weird about this. It was just straightforward, dominant, nothing. I mean, I mean, there was some very interesting play calling and, and, and scheming and, and, and things like that, especially on offense where we saw the, the three back sets um, the inverted pop up, um, which was nice. To, it's nice to see, you know, them branching out and trying new things, especially when they work. Um but from a you know from a standpoint of like there was there were some bad penalties i think we actually got the short end of the stick again from the refs but it didn't matter because we were the better team this um, is you know something case and that's a really really big point because a lot of times you know we talk about how how much of an impact the refs have had on a game and you know we don't let, we're not ever saying that it's a rigged kind of deal, right? But boy, to see the way that these bad and, and egregiously bad calls have, have shifted games in a case like this, this is a team that put itself in a position that those things didn't matter. And that's the piece where as frustrated as you are after all those other games, that's where you can overcome the officials. Just play good enough football to where you can shrug off and you don't need every single call to be perfect every single game. Yeah. And the truth of the matter is, I think coming in, Miami was highly overrated, but doesn't mean they're a bad team either. I mean, and they've got a lot going for them. And, and believe it or not, Brock Osweiler's two really solid games at quarterback together. And I, I'm kind of shocked by that. Like, like, to me, that's the weirdest story of the, you know, the week um, <laughs> in terms well, of that it, game. It has um, been termed Brocktober. 
<laughs> he did it. He did a really good job. And like, I'm actually, you know, it, it, given his history, I'll be shot. I'll be, you know, it'll still be a, a major surprise if he manages to uh, maintain that level. But these last two weeks, he's looked really good and, and, and like a different, like a completely different guy. Um, so it'll be, I, I'm actually interested to see what happens with him after this. If he gets a shot somewhere, uh, like maybe uh, the Giants, you know, maybe they bring him in and draft a rookie and and see what happens there something like that you know so um not really lines related but it actually is kind of interesting to me to see a guy like that who's who's clearly you know been total trash through most of his career uh string two really solid games together as a backup um anyway. if only the texans had held on <laughs> or the browns yeah yeah or yeah the broncos um they uh the the lions did you know everything they needed to do to take pressure off of Stafford. And how often have we seen that? So rarely have we seen that. And we saw, you know, uh, this is a a later point, but I may as well just toss it in right here. Stafford's had five games in a row with a hundred plus passer rating. And it isn't necessarily that he's playing the best football of his career at this moment in time. It's just that he doesn't have to do crazy weird things all the time. Uh, his, his, you know, the opportunities for disaster have gone almost completely away. So, uh, you're going to have a guy who's a guy who does do a very good job of playing good, safe football. When that's the, when that's the style you're able to play with him, uh, they they scored on most of their drives. They, they weren't all touchdowns, and there are certainly things that they could do better. And there were, like I said, you know, there was some ref stuff there that that maybe prevented them from getting into the end zone a couple more times. But um, just to that, you you as as much as I you know love Stafford um, and believe that he is one of the, that he is widely underrated by you know NFL fans in general. Uh, I don't necessarily think that he's you know the best quarterback in the league, but he doesn't have to be if you if you're able to put a team around him doing the things that they were doing this last week. You look at the fact that we had more rushing yards and passing yards. I know that that points were made a couple times this week, but and and we won the game, right? I mean, how many times? Have we been able to win a game with Matthew Stafford as a quarterback that didn't require, you know, a, a boatload of passing yards, and 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 we wound up with so few running yards? This is this is a different dynamic for this team, and it bodes well that this team can win in many many different ways. And we talked a little bit about it on the post game show this week. You you look at this team, and, and you can we, it's an it's inevitable you're going to make the comparisons of, against the Patriots just because that's where it's at. We'll start diverging on those comparisons, but right now we don't have a whole lot of Matt Patricia head coaching film and, and tendencies, so we're just going to use what we have. But you watch, you'd see the Patriots pull out new plays in that they had, that you hadn't seen before in uh, the playoffs at the end of the season. They would continue to grow and expand and change throughout the year compared to the Jim Caldwell team where um, it, it was just a, it, it was just as static as his face on the sideline during the game. Uh, nothing really seemed to change as the year went on, and they just kept grinding on the same thing over and over and over. This seems to be a team that's very much in that character of ongoing change and improvement, and I think that really bodes well. As the players get to know the coach, the coach gets to know the players, the scheme starts to fit and click for these guys. And we start getting creative with some of these plays. And not just for this year, uh, what's yet to come. I'm super excited for this team uh, for, a, for a long time and many, many years to come. This kind of growth and ongoing improvement type of a culture, it's, it, it really, really bodes well for a very, very long 
time and a lot of success. Now, could they lose this week? Yeah, well, I guess they could. I don't think they will, but I, they could, and and that could say, oh well, what are you talking about? You're an idiot. I I, I still believe what I just said and what we've seen to this team. Um, there will be some downs. There will be a lot of ups. I think the upside on this team and the long term kind of growth on this team is just going to be huge. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And 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 I mean this this. I didn't expect the week one to go the way week one did, but kind of the rest of the season has gone a lot of the way I did expect it to go. Uh, you know, the, the, the slow, steady improvement in a lot of areas. Um, you know, obviously you can never predict whether or not something like a, like a carry on Johnson is going to be a success. You know, he might've gotten injured week one and, and you know, we, we had another job at best situation on our hands or something like that. Um, and that hasn't happened. So, I mean, that's, you know, a plus he may not have turned out, you know, the run game may not have turned out, as good as it has. I mean, that's a, that's a really incredibly difficult thing to predict, you know, exactly what's going to happen because obviously we'd had struggles so many times in that area before. Um, so it's like all of the potential good things that could happen are happening. And I don't, but I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that is because we do actually have a head coach who is good at moving us in that direction, yep. which is something of a change because it isn't all based on the talent. It isn't all based on, you know, the, the emotions of that week. It's based on the actual, like, science of football. It's, it's, it's the, <laughs> and, and the totality like. of the team, right? It truly is. Yeah. And seeing how we can win with the run this last week against Miami versus the past that we've always had to rely on to win. It is the totality of the team and it's the sum of all its parts, which is, is, is really, really great. Um, one last thing about the game. If we use the commutative transitive distributive property, um, I'm sure it's one of those. We've already beat the bears twice now, right? Yeah, definitely. Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> well, the they're technically title. last in the division right now. So oh, well, we already beat the Packers too. <laughs> Enjoy oh, that. This is over. We got this man right there. That's four wins in the division. Woo. I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about the, the schedules for the NFC North uh, in around the division. So we'll get there. Ooh, that, that makes me a little touchy, touchy, touchy on myself. All right, let's uh, we're speaking of touchy. We're going to touch on something new. We have a new player and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to talk about him a little bit here, but we got Riz coming on from Wisdom's wisdom a little bit here too. So we'll, we'll get deeper in there. But uh, before we do, whenever there's a new player, it's time for you to get a new Jersey, right? Case. Sure. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and don't forget to get your Jersey to burn for the opposing team as well. Well, there you go. We got snacks on the team. What does that mean? Head on over to DetroitLionsPodcast.com, click on that Fanatics link, and get yourself a jersey now. Be the first. You get a game coming up against the Seahawks. Put that. He's going to be there. He's wearing a snacks jersey. You're not going to have yours? What kind of fool are you? Get over there. I'm going to get the same size he's got. Yeah, damn straight. We'll both stand in it. Head <laughs> 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 on over to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Click on the link to Fanatics and go ahead and pick up your jerseys, your sports stuff. It's hockey season. It's basketball season. The, the Pistons starting out hot. A lot of great stuff. Any kind of sporting goods and uh, sporting-related gear that you want, it's a great way to get that, and it's a great way to help the show. They don't charge you more, but they do give us a kickback, and we appreciate that. Like we say, it's a great way to support the show by doing something you were going to do anyway or that we just urge you to do. So go, 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 go. All right, let's talk about this. Um, they don't sell snacks, but we're playing snacks, and that's going to be awesome, isn't it? Oh, definitely. And we are excited to add a uh, new addition onto the team, Damon Harrison snacks harrison uh it is it, it's a big move uh i don't and, think i'm ever gonna say his real name i'm sorry i don't <laughs> just, think i just will. <laughs> ever never say damon again it's just snacks right, right um 
I mean, it is it is the kind of move that you want to see a savvy GM make. So uh, to get a, to get a uh, top tier player, you know, it, not necessarily a top tier. He's not necessarily an elite defensive tackle uh, because you when you say that you think of guys like Geno Atkins and and Dom Sue and and uh, Aaron Donald, but he is you know one of the best run defenders in the entire league at his position. So it is not a, you know, it is not something to scoff at <laughs> in terms of, in terms of potential impact, you know, run, run defending is not as sexy as pass rushing, but it is crucial. And especially when that has been an issue for us, it, 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 it this has potential to uh, do a lot for us to, to keep helping us put, teams in third and long situations this year, which is a, a, a good recipe for things like increasing our turnover percent, uh, you know, numbers in the, in the secondary. Well, yeah. And you look at that secondary, we're going to talk about this, about how, how we are in regards to sacks as a team later in the show here, but let's just suffice to say we ain't bad right now. And a lot of that's because of that secondary, because the secondary is so good. He's, he's a great run stuffer, but he's a great run stuffer now playing, with a heck of a secondary, is he going to get in there and get some some hands on? Is he going to have an opportunity to do something that maybe he hasn't done a whole lot of yet? Well, I don't know that you know. I don't necessarily think he's going to tra- you know translate into a a major pass rushing monster or anything like that. But I mean, if you do watch his highlights, it is you know he does occasionally break past you know blocks and get to the quarterback. Um, and and given the what we've been able to give. Uh, you know, our, our defensive line in terms of time to get after the quarterback. Uh, I, I, I'm sure I wouldn't be shocked at all to see him like manage three, four, five sacks, you know, to, to finish the year and to occasionally disrupt the pass game in, in meaningful ways. You know I, I what don't else? think that's. Sorry, sorry. I mean, it just, it just yeah, hit go, me, go right? Ahead. right? Go ahead. We talk about it's it, it's so much Yakov Shmirnov with this team, right? We use the pass to set up the run, right? We, yeah, use, absolutely. we use the it secondary to set up the, the, the sacks, right? Well, what if it's a case where now that we have snacks, he's eating up defenders that somebody else can get the the sack. Now you got a case where it's snacks eats you. Right. <laughs> Sorry. It was a oh long God. way to go, man. Oh God. <laughs> but no, but I but I mean what I say, you know, when you get a piece like this that 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 can alter one area of the game, it also gives opportunities to other 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 players. And while the secondary has been giving opportunities to the defensive line to get sacks, uh, they have the defensive line has not been giving opportunities to the secondary to get interceptions um so that is hopefully a thing that you know changes a little bit here and i think that's actually a good spot to transition into the next topic which is the hopeful eventual you know maybe return of ziggy onsa to the play field um uh, everybody wants him on the field uh ziggy wants to be on the field well and that's that's i I completely 100% believe that there are fans now and and I, I'm not talking to most of our listeners. I'm talking to the minority here who have started turning on him and I, and I don't, I don't like it. It bothers me because I don't, there has been never been any indicator ever at all whatsoever in a million years that this dude does not have the heart to play this game and to play for this team. And 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 it 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 bothers me in a like it, it hurts me in my cockles of my heart kind of you know thing to uh, hear yeah. hear people uh, you know badmouth him and and say 
um, that that he's just he's he's doing a, a levy on Bell on us, which there's abs- there's just no, no evidence, evidence of that at no. all. Oh, you know, it's so please stop. If that's you, please stop. It's just- one of those things, Case. Remember, um, with Levy, people were turning on him, and I have a feeling that a lot of that was driven by frustration, right? Because yeah, of the team, right? And it's not, it's not, and that's that. But we're a different team. We were counting on Levy and needed him because this team was just borderline crap without its couple of stars, right? We're a little bit different now. We're, we're, we're. We're getting the things out of the team that we're wanting out of Ziggy. Would we be better if Ziggy was healthy and playing his best? Yeah, absolutely we would. But it's not like he's hiding out. He's not and, – and we're a different team. There's that kind of holdover frustration. A lot of people have, you know, the learned helplessness thing going on. They're, they, they're like, this is how I'm always going to be. I'm always going to be down on the Lions. I'm always going to say SOL and, you know, that whole kind of stupid thing. Um you just have to be able to evaluate where you're at and move with it and understand the situation you're in and kind of change with the situation. There's times to be frustrated. There's times to be mad. After the Jets game was a great time to be mad but not to give up. Um, with, with with Ziggy, it's it's fine to be frustrated with his injury, but but him as a man, you can't question. You can't question. There's like you said, there's no evidence that he's not out there because he that he doesn't want to be out there. That he's hiding out and taking the money and and, and running. He wants and to I mean, be out there. And he uh, said he's frustrated by this. And and the you know the one thing I've seen over and over again now is these comparisons to Le'Veon Bell. And I just don't think there's any way at all that that's you know even remotely comparable. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is not with his team. His his teammates are not talking to him uh, directly. Uh, he's he's not in the practice you know uh, facility. He's not he's not around them. Ziggy is. Ziggy is with the trainers. He's with the team. He's with his teammates. He's, you know, it would take a pretty ballsy move from a player to show up every day at practice, get, you know, examined by the trainers and pretend that there's a shoulder injury. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I just don't go think that's, back I don't think that's a it. likely scenario. Yeah. I just don't <laughs> think that's a likely scenario. Um, and, and, and it sucks that he hasn't progressed from this injury as far as he is, as far as we would have hoped he would. I, but I don't think that, I, I think that the RGM and our front office is smart enough that if they had realized it was going to take this long, as opposed to something that probably was expected not to take this long, that they would to put him on IR and if they thought right now that he was going to be you know miss the rest of the season they'd put him on IR uh there, there's no reason to keep him around if if they don't think he's going to be ready soon so um whether or not he's actually ready soon that just depends on his human you know body and whether or not he's able to heal and we hope that his shoulder is able to heal and and, and that he's able to do more than just the running stuff part of practice uh, in the very near future but but I, there's no cause for conspiracy theory it's just uh you know a medical issue that isn't going away as quickly as we'd hoped it would pure shit luck is what it comes down to and we're used to that so let's take it let's 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 get off the negatives here we got it's a great week right i flew in detroit i got all my stuff from traveling again flew to detroit had to do some work and uh get some work we signed snacks that's my work is done now but still in town having some fun doing some stuff um the good news, besides the the snack signing, carry on Johnson. Um, is this maybe the first inclination we have that Quinn can actually draft, or is this just a fluke and he's going <laughs> to fall off the, the cliff any moment now? Oh, boy. I don't know if I'd go that far. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you know, it, it, there 
there are ways you can look at Quinn's drafts and say, yeah, this didn't work out, that didn't work out, whatever. Um, but if you if you look at the, you know, it, it's too early to, I mean, to to look at the rookies this year and say, oh, well, those are all hits. Um, it might be premature, but right, Deshaun. But I mean, but Deshaun Hand looks great, so I'm not Frank I'm not trying down. to take that away either. I'm not trying to take any of that away. Because they, 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 every every you know they've done a great job. The rookies this year have done a great job, and to get impact like we have from rookies is rare. Uh, I, I don't. I I never go into the season expecting the rookies to have a major impact. Um, the exception at being running backs, and Carry On is doing exactly what I hoped he would do. And to watch a Lions game, I. Okay, so every, everybody who's been a long-time listener knows that I, I didn't start watching the Lions until 2008. I feel like maybe I've seen one other game uh, with Javid Best in it back in 2011 where it was the run game carried the team. I just don't like like that. I'm still kind of trying to wrap my head around that because I've never seen it before. I don't. I've seen other teams do it. I've never seen the Lions do it before. Um, so it's it's like it's foreign territory to me. <laughs> and it's almost like I have to learn I have to learn what's good about the run scheme because I've never seen a good run scheme before. Um, <laughs> so like I, I, I'm, I'm starting I like I watch a lot of football um, and I watch saw a fair amount of films, especially during off seasons and I learn things and whatever. But this is a totally foreign territory to me. I don't know what's going on. I don't I know why it's working. I just know that it's working. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a throwback to your old. I love Zach Center. And uh, you thought that was going to be our run game with old Zachy Boy. But... <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to. I just want to just reshuffle your memory here on the draft picks. Frank Ragnow, Carryon Johnson, Tracy Walker, Deshaun Hand. Um, right off the top, four four guys, all looking good. Not looking, yeah. not looking bad at all. Um, you got when you talk about fifth round picks, right? With our with our uh, pickup just now, a snacks. If you, uh, what do you get? You get a fifth round pick, and that's got a fifty percent chance of making the league. Isn't that where it was? Oh God, it, it feels like that's high. Yeah, yeah, it might be. I think I thought I I, I heard it was fifty. Making it beyond their rookie contract is probably like ten percent. Yeah, yeah. Taking a uh, uh, um, a fifth round pick and turning it into a guy who's going to play and be a major contributing factor on your line seems to be another great draft move. Even though it's a it's, I mean it it was the exchange of Lake and Tomlinson for snacks with a little gap in the middle, right? I mean that's basically what it wound up being. And I'll be we turned that first round pick into the equivalent of a first round pick by stopping off at the fifth round train depot. <laughs> that's that's a good move. I'm I'm you you know case you and I we we've got a little bit of a different take on it. I've been a, I believe in Quinn. I trust in Quinn because the moves he's made, well nobody no GM is perfect, right? And I don't expect him to be perfect. He is damn good and he's he's hitting on a whole lot of things. I can't, you know, just off the top of my head, he hasn't done any dunderheaded, bubbling, bumbling kind of idiocy stuff, right? And you'd see that with Mayhew, uh, tenth overall pick, I remember once. Um, but you know, you, you've seen that. You are much slower to warm, as they like to say. Um, you're not going to kind of put that faith in Quinn yet. And um, you know, last year I was quizzing you on it. Are you further along now with your Quinn trust, or are you still just Mr. Wait and I'm, see? I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm... I'm like I got you a coach. ready, ready. I'm ready to say that this is working. Oh, Jesus <laughs> it Christ. just has to keep working. <laughs> All right. 
Well, hopefully Carrion can run the ball and uh, it'll help change your mind. We'll we'll see. Maybe he'll come alive just, sometime this year. Just a couple carry-on uh, things. Um, he is currently eighth in the league in um, total yards per game. He amongst the top twenty. No, uh, I should say amongst the top twenty. He's third in attempts per game. So I mean, if you if you combine if he had the same number of attempts as Todd Gurley, who is averaging uh, twenty point six, uh, as opposed to eleven point five. He, you know, at his average, uh, at, at six point four yards per carry, which is just crazy. Yeah. Um, then, then he'd be, you know, out out the building. Obviously, you can't really do that because if they were running him on every down, uh, the defenses would play probably a little bit differently. Um, so, like, you can't translate that into in, into. And I, I do really do think that that keeping Blunt in the game uh, for a significant amount of snaps probably is going to help uh, carry on stay healthy, especially as a rookie. Uh, there's the rookie wall that that uh, gets talked about uh, where guys, you know, they play a full college season um, that they, they get ready for the draft. They're doing the combine. They're doing, you know, all these kind of things that are stressing their body, you know, to a high level. And then they have to play a full rookie season in the NFL. And by the end of the year, they're gassed. The, this, you know, a limited snap count for him is is probably still for the best, even if even if Blunt isn't quite as effective. Sure. Um, so I, I'm very happy with the usage of him. I'm very happy with the production of him. I I'm I'm, I'm happy. You know, you talk about production, and you know, you think about reproduction right there. At least I do. And uh, you, you know, when I'm thinking about that kind of stuff, I'm like, I want to be prepared. So if I get my reproduction reproduction preventative prophylactic devices i'm going to amazon.com aren't you case never occurred to me to do that but that probably makes a lot of sense i don't have to have that awkward awkward situation with the cashier at the grocery store it's it's awkward anyway but this time just doesn't involve (laughs) prophylactics right (laughs) so anyway that's that's one of the the, i feel like i just had my mind blown (laughs) why did i not think of this sooner well, hopefully, if you do that, maybe something else will be that way, too. So head on right. over to uh, DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Click on the Amazon link and pick up everything that you want to pick up. Um, from prophylactics to a generator, maybe you need both. Power's out. Actually, don't turn on the generator because when the power's out, you get a lot more action. But lots of stuff you can get there. And if you're going to do it, do it via the link on DetroitLionsPodcast.com. They give us a kickback. Helps the show. And you're going to get your stuff anyway. Anything you buy that you're going to buy that isn't from Fanatics, you should probably get from Amazon. So, uh, again, DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Click on the Amazon link and get all the stuff from Amazon you're going to get. You got Halloween costumes coming. You got Turkey Day coming. You got to get your Veterans Day flags. What else is coming? You got Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's decorating. You got all kinds of stuff to get here. You got money to spend. You got to head over to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. You got to click on that Amazon link. Buy all your gifts. Get all your stuff. Get going now before the crowds clog up the inner tubes. All right. Uh, Let's move on. Um, We talk about... (laughs) I mean, we can move from that to the sacks, right? Can we sack? Can this team sack? Um, we're fourth in the league. We talked about the pass rush. We talked about the the injured Ziggy. We talked last week about the uh, the coverage sacks being a sack. Case, we're fourth in the league in sacks, and I don't know how that happened because it doesn't feel like we have a massive pass rush. It doesn't feel like watching the games. I just don't feel like I've seen fourth in the league level sacking out of this this defense, but it's it is what it is this is this schematic is this players that are on the field that we're not seeing what what's going on here how is this happening well it is schematic um but actually if you watch this last game against miami uh re-watch it it 
not all of the sacks, not all the pressures were coverage stuff. They were actually getting to the quarterback. Yeah. Um, so, like, that, it took me a little bit by surprise because, uh, you know, it, over the first, uh, you know, six games, I had gotten very – or five games, I would gotten very accustomed to the only sacks coming when the quarterback is, like, stuck in the pocket and, you know, can't find anywhere to go and there's, like, the three-second delay and then finally somebody wraps him up. Um, that wasn't really the case in Miami. And I don't know. Um, I, I haven't checked to see – uh, what the general like uh, level of the Miami offensive line is in comparison to the rest of the league. But um, I, I hadn't gotten the impression they were one of the worst in the league either. So it, it surprised me to see. And, and it, it makes me optimistic in a, in a way. You know, on one hand, I wonder, was that fluke? On the other hand, I wonder, is this just the team learning how to do the things that they're supposed to do when they're supposed to do them better? Um, when when they're supposed to blitz, when they're supposed to stunt, when they're supposed to, you know, these kind of things. And, and hopefully it's that. Hopefully that's what it is. Hopefully it is a, a the, the learning curve was difficult, but, you know, seven weeks in and after a bye week, they've they've started figuring it out on an individual level on that defensive line, how to do things better. It was certainly a Robinson's best game that I think I've ever seen. Uh, Ricky Jean Francois was wrecking things from time to time, which like, I, I don't, uh, nice. <laughs> uh, we're still not getting a lot of production out of our, our defensive ends, but we're getting production out of, out of linebackers, both Devin Kennard and Jared Davis, you know, uh, hitting home. Uh, we have five players, six players, uh, with, with multiple sack games. Um, and, and several of that, uh, you know, that a lot of those guys showed up in this last one and we had four sacks in the game and any game you have four sacks is a pretty good game. Um, in terms of that number, if that's, you know, if you boil things down to that number, it's a good number. And, and I really did feel like, you know, I really did feel like Brock was doing a good job as a quarterback too. So it wasn't like, so while I feel like you could look at it and say, oh, yeah, you, you sacked Brock Osweiler and the Dolphins four times. It's Brock Osweiler and Dolphins. I don't know that that's necessarily something to look down on at this at this particular moment in time because I do think that he was doing a pretty good job of making his reads and doing smart things. We just got there. If you think got about, there faster than they could do anything about. If you think about four sacks a game uh, and you distribute them evenly, you get the, that that you run that rate for the season. You distribute that evenly across your front seven. That's nine sacks each, and you still have two sacks to spare. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I did not expect that. And this game felt good, looked good in that regard. But I just, it just, nothing was pointed to that. And that that stat just jumped out and and just blew my mind this week. Let's look. Let's look at another stat. And this is an important stat from the other side of the ball. This Matthew Stafford kid, he just might be able to play some football, huh, Case? And maybe, 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 maybe. Still not ready to trust uh, in Stafford yet. I know. I know how you go. <laughs> there was a um I okay, so it Owen sixteen, um Owen uh O W E N sixteen user on, on the Lions subreddit, um who's been around for a while now. Uh I do, I'm not hundred percent sure whether or not he listened to the podcast. If he does, hey Owen. I assume that's not your actual name and you're just making a pun. But um <laughs> No, his last name is in 16. In 16. Uh, <laughs> He's off Star Trek. He's one of those cyborg guys. Oh, shit. I should have said good Star guy, Wars. Good guy. That would really fucked with you, but okay. Go ahead. <laughs> good guy. Good guy. Um, I posted on RFL on uh, Tuesday night, like late Tuesday night, like 
two o'clock in the morning or something. I don't know. I'd have to check. Um, the stat of, of Matthew Stafford's uh, passer rating and, and other statistics since week one, and it's like 112.8. He posted it eight hours later in the morning, and his post fucking blew up. It was the top post on RNFL. But he did the exact same thing I did. So screw you, man. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I don't care. Um, but <laughs> I'm just glad. I, I just wanted to, uh, you know, it, make sure that, that the the world kind of recognized Stafford's doing a great job right now. Five games in a row with a 100-plus passer rating, 11 touchdowns, one interception in the last five games. That's that's more what I expected out of Stafford this year than than uh, what happened week one. And it sucks that week one throw skews his stats so majorly. But for every week in a row that he manages to put this these very consistent, uh, he's not throwing the ball anywhere near as much as you know we've seen in the past, and that's fine. We like that. He's being smart about it. He's there. There may still be legitimate questions about his deep passing, although I haven't seen major issues. Um, we've seen Marvin Jones continue to draw defensive pass interference deep, which is affecting his total uh, his his stat line. Uh, Marvin Jones would have a lot more yards this year if he hadn't already had you know three or four uh, defensive pass interferences against him, and he caught those balls instead. But the defensive pass interferences against him still count for the. I mean, they still move the ball. I, I don't really care about that from a team aspect. You know, I I, I feel bad for him from a st- statistical standpoint. But if you move the ball, you know, forty yards on a defensive pass interference, it's not much better than than moving the ball you forty one yards on a you know a reception. So, um, I'm I I'm, I'm uh, there's you think Stafford you can play? Is taking advantage. Stafford is taking advantage of what the team is giving him. And and I, we talked about it earlier, and I, I'm not sure there's that much else to say. I'm just – this is very Alex Smith-like, only he, Stafford is a better quarterback than Alex Smith. So he's doing a better job of taking advantage of what the team is giving him than, you know, anybody else. Interesting. Yeah, well, we'll see. The jury's still out on Case's house and whether Stafford's any good. But uh, maybe with time, maybe another four or five years of play, we'll see that this Stafford kid can actually play at the professional level. All right, we'll uh, move forward. Um, There's this guy. You may have heard of him. Um, He's part man, part bear, all sexy. His name's Peter Von Panda. Have you heard of him, Case? I've heard of him. I've seen him. I definitely agree there is a sex appeal. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. I can't. Okay, okay, good. Let me let me just get myself close. Okay, okay. Peter Von Panda, he's on YouTube, youtube.com slash Peter Von Panda. He has the I, I it's it's an odd it's an odd channel to have to describe because it's it's all funny. Straight up, it's all funny, it's all good. Um he's got a couple different uh types of um styles of videos he does. I think he puts them each in a playlist, but um I think the one that's probably the most helpful for for our listeners is ahead of going to Amazon or wherever else to buy stuff. But you would do it at DetroitLinesPodcast.com. Um, folks can go to his site on his YouTube page. Again, YouTube.com slash Peter Von Panda. And check out the reviews. He reviews. I mean, he's putting seven, eight videos a day of reviews up. And then doing another two or three of just hilarious content. If you want to be entertained, the reviews are worth it. If you really want to know, get a review on a product and, and check it out. It's worth it. If you want to go see some of the, the other stuff he puts together, some of it's just non sequitur comedy. It's just this. It fits right in the wheelhouse for me, the stuff that makes me laugh. He's a great channel. Peter Von Panda. 
on youtube.com he is absolutely awesome check him out go to do his stuff he's he's become a sponsor and uh join some of the the i think he's he's up to fifty thousand subscribers something like that he's it's crazy join the crew give peter panda your love and tell him we sent you there all right looking ahead we have the lions against the sea chickens what do you think case this is a terrifying game against the powerhouse in seattle isn't it well i mean the interesting thing about the Seahawks is that they, they kind of came into the season in a, a similar way to us in that, um, you know, they were kind of wrecked by departures and injuries and, and things were not they, – they, they were not the Seahawks of, of you know, the past. Um, they, they didn't have the name recognition kind of stuff. You know, there wasn't – the Legion of Boom is all but dismantled. Um, and, and so they started the year off slow. But over the last four games, again, like I say, like the Lions, they are three and one and um, could be a much tougher, you know, uh, a matchup than I think a lot of people are, are, are a lot of people in terms of Lions fans are realizing this is a, this is a team on the rise. This is a team that's figuring things out. This is a team that has struggled long term, very long time with their offensive line. But all of a sudden their offensive line has gotten shit figured out again, like the Lions. Um, they don't have the receiving threats necessarily that the Lions do. They also don't have the running game that the Lions do. But the but Russell Wilson is is uh, easily on Aaron Rodgers level in terms of uh, his. If you let him get out of the pocket, he will make things happen, and that is the big scare for me this week. Um, we did a good job against the Packers of keeping Aaron Rodgers in the pocket, at least up until the you know the end of the game when they were more or less just running prevent. It scares me that it still, because I've only seen them effective against that kind of thing once this year, but I hope that what they did uh, against the Packers is, is translatable to this game and that they're able to stay, uh, keep him from, uh, you know, uh, you know, rolling out left or right on every given play and waiting, you know, a million years for somebody to get open before he can complete a pass, because that's the kind of thing that, that Russell Wilson is dangerous for. And, and I think, you know, they don't have great wide receivers and we have a great, you know, secondary. So I'm not that concerned in the, you know, in the short term about, uh, you know them dominating us uh, you know down the field but if but if, no matter how good slay is if he has to cover a guy for 15 seconds something might happen and, and so that's that you know that that's the thing that makes me nervous um what's going to happen is that guy's going to stay covered that's what's going to happen <laughs> i hope so um the i will say that i do think that our run game if it is shows up like it did last week can take advantage of them because they are not good right now at, at defending the run. Carry on Johnson could be ready for another big game this week. Um, they, you know, historically they've got great linebackers, great D line, but most of those guys are gone now or injured. They're getting a couple guys back this week, I think, but, um, Wagner is is you know their their linebacker that that every that is elite, but he can't do it himself, and that's basically what's been going on the last few weeks is that he's been out there by himself trying to shut things down. As long as you you know try to e either scheme him out or run away from him, you're going to be able to have some success. So I do think there's a very good chance that this is a low scoring game, in in one that the Lions control the ball. 
um, on the ground and don't pass a lot again, which feels weird, but I think we're, we're, there's a good chance that we see that again. Yep. Yep. No, I think this is gonna be a good game. It's, it, I like it that it's at home because you have a, a resurgent Seattle team. I, 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 just on a personal level, I think you did a good breakdown of the game. I freaking hate Pete Carroll. I hate him as a human being. And, and people say, well, yeah, me too. but the reason I hate him and, I, and it's because of what happened at USC. He ran a dirty ass program. And the second they got caught and started getting sanctions, he left for the Seahawks. So he just shit all over the place and left, left the stink behind. I don't like USC. As a matter of fact, I really, really intensely dislike USC, but to have that low of a level of character to screw something up and then leave, when when the consequences come, that really just shows me how low of a character individual he is. And and like I said, I don't like USC in any stretch of the imagination, but I won't forgive him for doing that because he's just a piece of turd. So anytime Pete Carroll has difficulty, I, I get a little smile that kind of rises in my the side of my mouth. So there we go. I'd love to see him crying in the corner as they get pummeled at Ford Field this week. I've never been a fan. Yeah. Yep. For sure. All right. Well, you know what time it is. It's that time when Case takes us. that bass drop that's that's so good so good case welcome back to around the division boy it's great to have you doing this and uh i love getting in the groove of uh, around the division and i love it when we start out with who first yeah everything <laughs> is right in the world again <laughs> the bears are at the bottom uh we've got <laughs> they gave the patriots a scare this last week i should mention the patriots playing without rob gronkowski um yeah, they gave them a scare, but weren't able to pull it off. Um, I think they are still being overrated by most NFL fans. Um, Particularly Bears fans. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I mean <laughs> what's new? Um, but uh, I mean, I mean, if you look at the power ranking, they're still, you know, in the in the top half of the league. And I'm not sure that that's accurate. Um, I think, you know, one crazy game against the Buccaneers buoyed them in a way that is a little, little weird uh, to me. So I, I I do think, however, and I'm going to talk about every team in the division's uh, schedules as I get to them. I do think the Bears, however, do have the most favorable schedule in the NFC North uh, remaining. Um, only slightly more favorable necessarily than the Lions. Um, the, the Bears face the Bills, the Jets, the Cardinals. Um, and uh, hang on two seconds here. They also get... I lost. Fuck. Oh, no, there it is. Okay. So the Bears face the Jets, the Bills, the Giants, uh, the 49ers. So there's four teams on their schedule with losing records. Um, and then they, they have two games against us. They have two games against the Vikings and the game against the Packers. Uh, so many, so many division games left to be played this year. And as I've said multiple times, I know that it, it, it sounds dumb to say – Oh, the division games are important, but right now, right now with all four teams having a lot of division games left, it, it is the likely so tight. It is likely to be that, it, it, that if you just boiled things down to those games, that's the important thing right now. 
that is the most important thing by a mile over everything else. We could lose to the Seahawks and still easily win the division if we did a good if we went, you know, five and one in the division. And I'm not saying we will necessarily. I'm saying that we that's can still go so six much and more division, important. Just so you know. Yeah, yeah, we absolutely could. Um it wouldn't absolutely I mean, it would surprise me maybe a little just because it's tough to win six games out of any given six games. But uh, it, it, it also wouldn't necessarily be mind-blowing either because we've seen weaknesses from all, all the other teams. Anyway. Let me ask you, Case, because I think this is an important touchback to kind of some of the preseason and um, even after the draft conversations we've had. We looked at this team and we said, you know what, as we see how Quinn is building this team ahead of the season this year, he is building it to beat the teams in the NFC North. That's really where his focus has been. As things have changed and he's made some moves, you know, of course, the obvious snacks one and so on. Um, but as things have changed with this team going forward, do you think this is a case where we've taken this team and built it better against the division or we've built it more to something else? Those are such tough questions. Um, but I do think, you know, again, we played the Packers the way you need to play the Packers by keeping Aaron Rodgers in the pocket. Um, and, and on offense, our offense took advantage of their weaknesses on defense. So I do definitely think that's, that's not a thing that they're not aware of. Um, and, and if they're able to do that, to take advantage of the teams in the division, I do think that's more important to them than, than, you know, looking at the schedule and saying, oh, well, we got to beat the Rams in, on, in December. Let's build our team to beat the Rams in December. I, I think they, there is much more focus on the division. Absolutely, a hundred percent. And I think I think some of what we've done, that what we were able to do against the the Packers, keeping Rodgers in the pocket, is something that could be effective against uh, the Bears as well. Because while Mitch Trubisky is, I I I, I think we've seen some anomalies here um, on both ends. Like I, I don't think he's as good as this the Tampa Bay game or even this last game necessarily. I also don't necessarily think he's as bad as we've seen him at times. You know, with when he had really bad games. Um, but at the same time, he's effective on the ground and I don't think there's any, any, you know, way around that. I don't think there's any way to deny that he is an effective rusher, uh, from the quarterback position and, uh, and hopefully, and that is something that has absolutely killed this team in the past, but hopefully the things they've done now and, and they do a good job against scheming that, 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 that won't kill us quite as badly as it has in the past, that kind of thing. So, I mean, absolutely. Uh, but, but to get back just to their schedule, I mean, they, they have the easiest schedule in the division remaining, but not by that wide of a margin. Um, because they still have to face those five division games, and, and that's what will decide things. Uh, moving on up, we have the Packers, in, uh, who were technically, I believe, a half game ahead of us, but it's 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 iffy. Um, as far as as far as things to like mention specifically about the team, I don't know that there's enough for me to like like tell you about that's interesting because not that much has changed. I just don't think they're. I think they the we've seen the peaks and valleys of that team, and I think this this year as a whole will be continue to be peaks and valleys for that team. And ultimately, you know, I won't be surprised if they sit at a you know a seven win record, which is I think I predicted a six win record coming in for them. Uh, seven or eight would not you know would be more than I expected, but not by. I'd still be shocked if that team made the playoffs, uh, even with Mac. And I know that Mac hasn't necessarily been a hundred percent. 
He was but, great that first game, but and in, in the second game too, actually. But he's he's really quieted down. So we'll see what he what happens. I think his games against the Lions are really going to be uh, seminal for both teams' uh, futures. Well, I think you know there's two things at play because he did get hurt. So I mean that that is a factor in things. But I also think that uh, teams have seen now that he is a dominant force for that team and weren't really game planning for him because he came over and showed up and and you know whatever. I think that as teams game plan against him more, it'll it'll, it'll reduce his impact. It doesn't mean that. Um, it, doesn't mean that he isn't still a force to be reckoned with. And if you have to move more resources over to blocking him, that means that they can't be elsewhere doing other things. But at the same time, it means less direct impact on the game. So I do think that, you know, uh, he started off to like kind of a historic start in terms of statistically, I think that'll fall off. Yep. Um, Moving up again to the Packers. They also have a, uh, you know, a schedule that has a couple of teams on it that they should, you know, beat without too much trouble. But this week at the Rams is, you know, an interesting one. Um, they've got the, the at the Rams and at the Patriots as their next two teams and could easily, given the rest of the schedules in the league, find themselves at the bottom of the division in two weeks and trying to fight their way back up. Um, I don't uh, – and, and, you know, they're, they had their bye. Rodgers is apparently uh, improving off the injury, but it just feels every time we've seen him out on the field this year, it just feels like he's, you know, one little knock away from missing significant time again. So I don't know. I don't he's know. facing uh, a fearsome know, defensive line there. I am I am damn glad, at least for once, we're seeing the Rams at home rather than, than away. Uh, it seems like we get that Rams-type team, whoever that is, every year. We wind up seeing them away, and you know the, the two other teams that are really cracking the top of the division that year get them at home. And uh, yeah. it's a little bit different this year, and I like that. I'm really happy. I, look, I don't know that we're going to beat the Rams. I mean, everything's possible, right? And we got a ways to go till we get there, but... I'm I'm damn glad we're doing it at home with against them rather than in LA. Yeah, I, I mean, if you look at the next five games for the for the Packers, it's at Rams, at Patriots, home against the Dolphins, at Seahawks, at Vikings. Uh, four away games out of the next five. Um, they they do then get both the Cardinals and Falcons at home, uh, which should be wins for them probably. Uh, but at that point in time, with that this tough a stretch of of five games here in a row it would not be a shock to see them out of any real contention, which would, I, I think, you know, it would be a surprise in the, in the historic sense of the NFC North, but in the practical sense of the way things are right now, it wouldn't be that big a shock. Sure. Sure. All right. Um, let's see. We got the Packers. Did you want to step on up to the, uh, those are those ruthless Viking bastards. Yeah. And, and I mean, the Vikings have won three games in a row. Uh, so, I mean, that's, they, they look good in that sense. Uh, but guess who they beat? They beat the Jets, the Cardinals, and the Eagles, none of whom are, are killing it. Obviously, we know the Jets beat us in week one, but I, I don't think anybody, anybody, any rational person anywhere in the NFL fandom, you know, um, looks at that and says that wasn't a fluke. Uh, the Jets are terrible. The Cardinals are terrible. The, the Eagles are, are really mediocre. Um, they have and fallen they barely, far, they barely they? beat they barely beat the Eagles. They there was there was actually, and while they beat the Cardinals by ten points, it wasn't until late in the game there that they actually like took control of that thing. Like there was there there was definitely a point in that game where it looked like the Cardinals might pull it out. Yeah. So uh, you know, they're they're riding a hot streak in theory, 
But boy, I don't know. I it, it's tough to say they are, you know, the unbeatable force. I think they, I think most people have them ranked number one in the division right now, and and I'm not necessarily surprised by that. Or or, um, I think I probably did too. I'd have to look, relook at my rankings, but I guess that I probably have them number one. But I also don't think they're as good as this last three, you know, three wins in a row would make you think. Sure. Uh, they have to play the Saints and then us. Uh, they play Saints and then three division games in a row. Then they go on the road against the Patriots and the Seahawks. So they have a tough six-game stretch here as well. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them win two or three of the – well, excuse me. I wouldn't be surprised to see them win two of the three division games they have. Uh, but even then, if they lost to the Saints or lost to the Patriots or the Seahawks, if they if they lost two of those three games, that could put them in serious jeopardy for the – you know, the, controlling the, the, the division going forward as well. So um, I think they are – in okay shape at four, two and one, but they're certainly not out of the woods yet. They're certainly, I, I've seen a lot of people say, Oh yeah, the Vikings are definitely winning the NFC North. I do not think that is true. It, let's see. Let's talk about that after they make it out of this six game stretch that that's pretty brutal. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't disagree. This is going to be, it's going to be fun to watch how this plays out and it's even more fun because the lions are going to be in the, in the thick of the race. It looks like so good stuff. Oh yeah. Good stuff. Case. Thank you. Got you around the division here. Now it's time for the Riz. Are you ready to get schooled? It's time for Risden's wisdom with the Riz Jeff Risden. All right. He's back. It's the Riz, and he's here with snacks for everybody. How you doing, buddy? I have snacks coming out of every orifice, baby. It is, it's a glorious time. Oh, man. I don't know if I want to eat those. <laughs> you might want to watch out for no, some I, of those. Avoid the Tootsie Rolls. So <laughs> yeah. Anything with peanuts is off limits. Candy too. <laughs> Any, I love Tootsie Rolls. Anything with peanuts is off limits. All right. So let's go back to your old friend, Riz, the, the Snacks Master. Um, you've, you've known this guy forever, huh? Your next door neighbors, best friends, that whole kind of thing. <laughs> well, uh, I interviewed him, uh, back in the day, back when he was in the draft, I ran uh Detroit lions draft. If some people probably remember that. And I interviewed him and, uh, he has continued to follow me on Twitter for all these years after that, which is kind of weird to me, but, uh, I'll take it. Um, I haven't communicated with him in, in several years, but you know, it's, um, when I, well, I'll go back to when I interviewed him uh, when he was coming out of William Penn. He had a massive chip on his shoulder. He was good natured about it, but you could tell that he was like, "Yeah, I'm a, I'm a D3 guy. I'm coming from a, a small school. Nobody believes that I can do crap. Uh, I'm gonna prove you all wrong." And uh, he's done that. He's been a phenomenal player, uh, and the fact that he is exactly what the Lions' number one need on the roster is, and they got him for a fifth round pick. I, I mean. My, my pants are nowhere to be found, gents. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Yeah, explain to us exactly why he fits in so well with what we have going on. Well, let's compare him to what the, they 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 got Sylvester Williams to yeah. get him. Um, and Sylvester Williams, uh, we've all watched him, cannot hold the spot at the point of attack. He cannot hold against a single team, let alone a double team. Damon Harrison can handle that initial double team. He can break out of that. He can steer it into the hole. He can move the pile um, of blocking. He, he's very good at, at figuring out where the play is going to go as well. And that's not something that's usual for an interior offensive or a defensive lineman. 
he has a very good sense of like, okay, the blocking scheme is this, so the, the running back is going to go here, and he's able to impact here uh, better than just about anybody else and better than anybody has in a while. Uh, he's a pro football focus. We have our quibbles with him. He's been the number one rated run defender, uh, I think, four or five years in a row. It's not a fluke. It's consistent. It's there game in, game out, play in, play out. Absolutely. He is so good at blasting the blockers backwards yeah. at separating from them and making tackles. Uh, it's, and he, he's not going to get moved out of the way. He's not going to get pushed from the a gap. He's, he's, he's got that integrity and it makes, it just makes life so much easier for everybody around him. When, when the linebackers don't have to worry about that pulling guard, getting out to the second level and getting on them before they get a chance to move. Uh, that, that doesn't happen with Damon snacks, Harrison in the lineup. It's it, that's, um, you, you point to all the issues that the Lions have had with the run game this year. And the number one thing is that the, it's been too easy for blockers more than the running backs. It's been easy for the blocking on the other team that changed yesterday. Uh, and, uh, or I guess officially today on, on Thursday, now that he's, he's officially Hawaiian passes physical and everything. So I, I practicing. It, 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 yes. It, and he did practice and it's, it's, it's unbelievable to me that they were able to acquire him. Uh, I, I, I wrote it up as a pipe dream, and my God. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. Don't worry. Let's talk a little bit about how, you know, what the cost of, of snacks is. Because as we talked about, you know, with the defensive line in the draft next year, uh, I, well, it, it's thick, as as quoted here. Oh, my God. It, it is Sir Mix-a-Lot <laughs> booty thick. <laughs> Sir Mix-a-Lot booty thick. So, yeah, we, we, we got that going on for us, and, and that's good. Um this kind of lightens the load. It actually makes next year's draft a little bit easier, doesn't it? Having him around for two and a half years. On, on, and that's the first piece. And then the second piece is, Kyle Monkey pointed this out very aptly, that fifth round was an extra one we had laying around that we traded when we got rid of Lakin Tomlinson, who was failing us on the offensive line anyway. So let's talk about how Quinn can't draft in that we have a powerful, amazing offensive line here this year that's doing great work. We got Lakin Tomlinson in exchange for snacks. I, I think that maybe Quinn – I tweeted out, Uncle Eddie says he can't draft, he can't trade, and uh, Jonathan Hankins is your pipe dream now, buddy. It's all over. <laughs> I still have my reservations about some of the picks, but overall, I mean, I'm not a Tease Tabor fan. He did play well against Miami, but I think a lot of people are going to play well against Miami's wide receivers as they exist now. Sure. So I'm not super excited about that. But, you know, he's he, there's a plan. And I think we're seeing that there is an, a coherent plan that they will find guys who fit their specific needs. I think they did a very good job of it in in free agency as well. Getting a guy like Devon Kennard, who's been great. Yeah, another good. Uh, one. I, I think, you know, I think I think that they found where Jared Davis is effective, um, and and are using him only in that way, and not necessarily asking him to do things that he's probably not going to be very successful at. I think that's coaching. That's a very good thing. That's that's your coach and your GM and your 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 developmental staff working hand in hand. And that's how any uh, player and, and looks Eric, good, though, playing where they excel, right? I mean, that that's you have players that are great on one team and terrible on another team, and it's be, often because they're asking them to do things that they don't do well. This is, I mean, a little bit of an indictment of the prior regime, I think. But you know, not that Davis is going to, you know, be a superstar yet, but I mean, appropriately using the player is the first step in getting what you can out of them beyond development, right? <laughs> Funny how that works, isn't it? Yeah. Of and, course. And, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Case. I, 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 you to, I was going to change the topic just a little bit here uh, to uh, talk about you know his contract and and his future. 
Um, he uh, he's got about a 4.5, 4.6 mil hit this year, which we were a- easily able to fit into the under the like seven or eight mil we had lying around. Um, so that that doesn't really affect us in any way. Uh, but going into and and I don't mean to make it sound at all like I, I don't think it's a good usage of the money, uh, but he he has a seven million dollar uh, hit next year and then a uh, 9.25 mil hit the year after, um, which is not cheap for a defensive lineman that's not a pass rusher. Um, but I, like I say, it is a very good usage of the money to get a player of his caliber. Um, but I do think that it, it's a sign that, uh, you know, people are going to be freaking out again this offseason when Bob Quinn is not, you know, uh, being like the Rams and bringing in, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve 10, 12 superstars. Um, so I do think, you know, prepare yourself for probably what will look like a kind of another slow free agency. Um, and and <laughs> just just remind yourself that this is almost part of that. I think you have to take it as part of it, don't you? I mean, that's Absolutely. and and you're right. There, it, this does cut off the shopping list, but it also cuts off the primary need very for true. for the draft. Um, and if you're getting your fifth round pick already, um, and he's he's you know again he's a, he's a pipe dream of a fifth round pick. You want to give a fifth round pick who's going to be uh, anywhere close to as good as he is and pay him that much. So I'm 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 okay with that. Uh, they definitely still have to get a a pass rusher, a guy who can generate yep. consistently on his own. Uh, that that becomes an even more clearly defined number one draft need now. At least I think it is. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. think I'll get any argument on that either. No, no. With Ziggy missing almost half the year here, it really isn't you know a question yeah, anymore. It's a <laughs> necessity. <laughs> yeah, Ziggy Ziggy ain't going back either. I know there's some people that are stressing out about that, that the Lions are going to franchise him again. Really? You you think that this regime has shown any inclination <laughs> that they're going to do that? Wake up. <laughs> wait, wait. You're, you're talking crazy talk now, Riz. <laughs> Sorry. Is, is it wrong to have faith after what we've, what we've seen this week? Now, I love the fact that this is the Lions taking advantage of another team's crappy situation. Yeah. How many times in the past has it been the, the shoe been on that other foot? This time it's us taking advantage of the New York Giants basically realizing that, you know, the, they they screwed everything up. They're, 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 their roster is awful now. Is, they have Saquon Barkley, Evan Ingram, and Odell Beckham Jr. and and the carcass of Janoris Jenkins, who's getting toasted on a regular basis. I wanted him um, so the, bad too. <laughs> I did too. Have you watched him this year? He's yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah and man. He was one of those one of those guys that you know you wonder if if the money got to his head a little bit or, or Father Time caught up with him or something. He's been bad. Olivier Vernon, who was like their big like their version of Ziggy Ansah, just hasn't gotten it done there. They're they're rough, man. Is it since we bent over Dallas with Roy Williams? Has it been that long since we've got the better end of a trade? Do you think? At least this good. Oh yeah, it's it's been a while. Yeah, it's it's been a long yeah. time to be to be the, the ones taking advantage of somebody else. But I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. Hey, and, and go to Dallas for a second. Dallas gave up a first round pick. <laughs> For Amari Cooper, wow. uh, who is not anywhere close to as good as a wide receiver as what Damon Snack Harrison is for a fifth rounder as a nose tackle. Yep. And uh, you can argue the merits of, of whether a nose tackle is more or less important than a than a wide receiver. But uh, the fact that Dallas gave up what they gave up to get what they're going to get compared to what the Lions did, I think you have to be really happy with Bob Quinn this week. Yeah. Anyways. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Unless I mean, unless we want to, I'm I'm going to ride that narrative that Quinn can't draft for the rest of the year just because of the people. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, and I feel bad because a lot of our listeners, the majority of our listeners, are, are were were cool with it and understood. They're, everyone was hurt from the Jets' loss, but there was a lot of 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 negativity and hate from people, and we focused on them and we put we put them on blast for the first couple of weeks, you know. And uh, I, I don't want to spend the season just keeping to grind the back at them, but they deserve it, man. They were just such. I mean, they bailed out of the plane before it even got off the ground. It was it was ridiculous. So toxic. Yeah, just, yeah. just horrible. It really was. <laughs> so, it was okay uh, to have questions. It was okay to have questions about it because I I think the way that that game went and the way that the the summer ended, I think lent itself to some questions. Sure. But you can't you can't throw everything away in a week or a day. Yeah. And it seemed like too many people were ready to do that. I didn't have a problem questioning some of the the decisions that were made and some of the. The execution of, of things, but sure, sure. you know that's that it's one game. You got to move on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Is I, I I agree with you. So I mean, look, folks, we we're not gonna bang on that string on that guitar for too much, but I will continue to play with the the Quinn can't draft meme as as the year goes on because those people deserve every little poke they can get. Um, Riz, that that Dallas piece was was absolutely right, man. I I think that they really Amari Cooper. I wouldn't want him on our team. And not that he's a he's a terrible player or anything, but I feel like we're a better team without him than we would be with him. NFL leader in drops in the last one year, two years, and three years. Wow! Now, can you imagine him and Ebron on a team together? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! I I do think in the very immediate term he boosts the Cowboys a little bit. Yes, yes, he does. It's just it's just not a good long term move. Right, their number one receiver was Cole Beasley. That ain't gonna fly too long. And then now Cole Beasley kills the Lions every time we play. So respect to him. But uh, I, I had the I had the Cowboys higher in my power uh, of all the power rankings. Of uh, uh, um, all all thirty two of us, I had the Cowboys highest. I think at eleven, and I got some blowback for that. But it was it was uh, that's that seems high to me, Case. Well, they have an excellent defense, arguably the best running back in the in the league, and now they might be able to pass the ball a little bit. So <laughs> their, their defense is legitimately better than advertised and expected. Yeah. Right. Hey, can, that. can we go back? Okay. So we go back to the Riz is right column, right? We're keeping the score yeah. sheet and, and God, the, the Riz is right is just outweighing the Riz is wrong by a mile. So case, make sure we really hit on the next Riz is wrong one. Um, but you, you, you so. not only were right, but you were like Karnak, the prognosticator, right? With this snacks thing. Talk about your article, you know, Tell us where it's at. Make sure people click on the ads, all that kind of shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Lions Wire, um, I wrote a thing. I wrote it uh, when, when, uh, Tuesday night. I, I wrote it. I was I got finished with it about 10 o'clock. I wrote um, four dream trade targets for the Lions that will never happen because I didn't think that it would happen. <laughs> I'll admit I was skeptical of Bob Quinn having the cojones and the resources to pull these things off. Uh, and the cover boy on that and the f- player on the first page featured on Lions Wire, go there, please, was, was Damon Harrison because I thought he was the ideal candidate. And it did seem like uh, this was um, – I, I wrote it. I wrote that within an hour of when they traded away Eli Apple um, because that was a sign that they're getting rid of assets. So yeah. it's time to pounce. And uh, I, uh, for a fifth-round pick, uh, I, I thought it would cost more. Uh, I didn't really even have a price tag in mind for it. I just thought – this is this is this guy is perfect for what the Lions need. He's signed for a couple more years. He he seems to be avail, available. He's scheme diverse. 
He's so consistently good. He never misses a game. Why not? That's the, that was it. Was the wettest dream that I had there. Um, it oh sounds my. weird saying a, saying a wet dream about a three hundred and forty pound black man with dreadlocks, but hey, some people are their own man. Yeah, <laughs> and he, he snacks. He eats. Well, you gotta like a girl who eats. That's that's, that's key. In a I just gotta <laughs> keep going with it. The more you know, the more you I'm know. gonna. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. We'll take just the let noose. you take yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna loosen the noose around my neck a little bit. And, Wait, and, hold, uh, hold on. Hold on. We we got we tapped the lines here in the Risen House. This guy needs a, and I'm gonna find him and just give him a big fat. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> we got to quit tapping Riz's wires. It gets too scary. All right, Riz, that's a great story. Everybody go to Lions Wire. Check out his Karnak, the prognosticator uh, role. He did a great job. A um, lot of stuff going on. You got anything coming up you want to talk about, Riz? Uh, just a Sunday morning preview show um, before you get to the postgame show with, with the lovely folks here um, on ESPN 96.1 in Grand Rapids. Jim Costa and I are live from Gun Lake Casino from 10 to noon. You can stream it on the iHeart app. It's very focused on the Lions, but also the NFC North a little bit, so you do get a little bit of uh, the case flavor of around the division there as well. It's a lot of fun, and uh, we we actually, if you can get there, if you live in West Michigan, Kalamazoo, Grand Rapids area, Holland area, come on up because we are giving away a trip, um, a limo ride to uh, the Lions game against the Panthers um, with, like, like, you know, limo ride, uh, lower bowl tickets, like buffet, all kinds of crap. It's it's awesome. And who wouldn't Um, want the flavor of case? Exactly. A mouthful of case. Yeah, no, that's great. So you got, we, got, we got you covered. We got the pregame show with the Riz. You got your Lions game. You got the postgame show at DetroitLionsPodcast.com. You got your Sundays full. Plan it. Book it. I appreciate people actually reading and, like, showing me that they read. And, like, you know, okay, this so I run the Browns wire. Right here, uh, Listen to yes, I, I, will, <laughs> I will go off a little bit here. Um, Browns. Browns fans are really good at reading the headline and not reading the article, and they like <laughs> will ask stupid questions like, "Well, like I, I did a thing like Hugh Jackson is, is flat out lying to up. me. Yes, Hugh Jackson is flat <laughs> out lying about, about Duke Johnson being used, and so I wrote that and I wrote the exact quotes that he said, and like all the comments were like, "What did he say?" I'm like, "Hello, read the freaking piece." <laughs> I'm a Detroit fan, even though I'm from Cleveland, because Detroit people can at least read. Did you want to add on to that at all, Case, about the Cleveland people? <laughs> While we got no, Riz on the line? There. <laughs> I got one final question uh, about about Damon. Uh, do you think he plays this weekend? Yes, absolutely. I think okay. he plays on first downs and on third and short situations. Okay. Uh, again, he does, he's not a pass rusher, so he doesn't need to be in there on third and long. And I think uh, we've seen enough of that Sean is slowly getting better. That Yeah, I, I think he'll rotate in 25, 30 plays. Awesome. Perfect. Riz, thanks for joining us, man. I know you got a really busy week and a lot going on, so uh, we'll chat with you real soon, okay? My pleasure. Enjoy, guys. On that bombshell, remember, this show needs your involvement. Use the comments in the subreddit to give us your feedback. We love that feedback, and we love getting the show to be better because it's your show. It's the community's show, and we need you to help us make it the best it can be. Also, don't forget about us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Set up yourself for at least a dollar a month as a donation and help the show Get moving forward and doing all the great things we do. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, and follow us on the Twitter machine at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast. Give us that follow because it's the very best place to see Case. 
uh-uh, let me see that Tootsie Roll. Oh, my goodness. All right, give us a call via Skype at Detroit Lions Podcast. That's all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or you can call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667. Also, be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com and subscribe to the podcast or on Spotify so we can come in your little box automatically. Thank you for tuning in, and we're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. Is your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over.